Radio fam, welcome back to season two, episode two. <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, I tried to record that like five times already. And, you know, these intros are always just awkward for me. Um, <laughs> this guest today, as usual, so excited. Um, his name is Kel Anthony out of Seattle, Washington. Um, I'm always kind of biased for people that are from Seattle just because I'm from Tacoma, Washington. And uh, I started by radio career, I guess, in Seattle. So um, I'm always super excited to talk to Seattle people. Um, anyway, I have been, I had seen, uh, had been aware of Cal for a while, actually. You know, there's just certain people that stand out to me. Um, these are usually the people that I pull onto the podcast because I'm just like, I want to know more about your brain. Um, so it always kind of stood out to me. And then um, it's like people, some people just have like that superstar vibe over um, Instagram or I mean social media. So um, Cal was one of them. And he, especially because I started to notice, um, you know, he was doing a, a podcast. He's uh, the producer and host of the Truly Unruly podcast. And he puts up video content on his Instagram page and I was like blown away at like how good um, and clean the video is and like the angles. It's just so professional. And like I, I reached out to him a long time ago. I remember I went into his DMs like, hey, like, is that you that's doing all that? And, you know, he said it was him and all his equipment. And I'm just like, wow, you know, so I kind of had it on my in my head to talk to him um, eventually on the podcast. But, you know, I'm not you know, don't know a ton about video. So sometimes I struggle with what to ask or whatever, but he's been in my head. Well, in, you know, within the last few months, uh, he started his own company called Total Podcasts. And that's totalpodcasts.com. Um, and uh, he left radio and basically, you know, took the skills that he learned in radio and is now doing it to start his own podcast company. And um, I think people sometimes just think of podcasts is just some radio people that start podcasts and I don't think they realize how many uh just regular companies right now are starting podcasts um and he was somebody to pick up on that very early on um and use his skills to hone in on that and and hustle his way into you know getting clients and and doing the digital thing for them and I just love hearing people's stories um that you know this is another one I I love hearing how people, um, like their train of thought, how they talk through, how they, you know, basically found a problem and, or had a problem, found a way to fix it. And, um, you know, really for Kel, it seemed to be not, you know, he just makes such great points about radio people bust their ass, um, to make other people rich and when they could really be doing it for themselves. And I get it really excited. The more and more people figure that out. All right, let's welcome Kel from Total Podcasts. Do you want the, do you want the whole story from the beginning? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious I, how you started, and okay. obviously, I'm fascinated by these stories of the people that are taking what you know their skills outside of radio. That's why I was like super excited to talk to you, especially because I've had my eye on like who the podcasters, you know, who's the podcasters that's coming to come out and be doing this, and then you did. So right. I'm like, all right, let's talk. <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing, Marie. Let's start it this way. You're about to get. The probably the most exclusive interview I will give anybody when it comes to this. Oh, because, I love that. Well, the reason why is because A, um, I like what you're doing. Uh, B, you respect the business. Um, and C, I just think this is a good platform where radio folks come to and they can get the truth. Mm -hmm. um, 
So for me, where everything started at was I started when when the radio station I worked at, Move 92.5 in Seattle, was owned by Sandusky Radio. So uh, it was under Sandusky and then Hubbard bought it. Um, I started in Sandusky. Um, I was going to community college for like a half a quarter and I dropped out. Um, I was working. I'm a car guy. So I was working in a car shop um, and I was still, you know, at community college. And I just remember like I had a, like this epiphany while sitting in my car and I was like, what do I want to do with myself? Like, what do I what do I really want to do? You know, and I love music. I'm a huge, huge music buff. Like I know. I'm one of those guys that I can hear a sample on a song and I can tell you exactly who wrote it when it came out and all that. Like I grew up around a lot of music, especially being from Seattle and my family originally being from New Orleans. So with my family being originally from New Orleans, like music is just everywhere. Um, so I went into my counselor at the school and said, Hey, is there any way you can get me like an internship at a radio station? And so she goes, yeah, sure. I'll find a few. So I went and I, went to all these different interviews and got rejected. And then I went back to her and she said, Hey, well, there's this new radio station called moving 92.5 and they're just hiring promotions people. She goes, it's not an internship, but it's an actual job and they'll pay you like 10 bucks an hour. I'm like, I'm like, okay, sure. Why not? It'll get me in the door. So, um, I got there and the guy that interviewed me now, the thing is about Seattle is that Seattle I mean, it's a 12th market, but it's not that big. Right. And I already kind of had a reputation around Seattle um, just from being in the club scene, um, who my family was. Um, some of my older cousins, you know, had had reputations. People knew who my dad was. and My, my dad didn't have a good reputation, but people <laughs> knew who my dad was. I'm not going to get into that. You know what I'm saying? So like there was always already a thing there where I was, I'm not going to say I was, this sounds so vain, but like I was popular, mm-hmm. but like I already had a name in Seattle. My family been in Seattle. My grandma had been here since 1942 on my dad's side. One of the first black families to live in a central area in Seattle. My my mom's family got up here in like 1968, right? So if you were black and you were from Seattle, you know, everybody kind of knew everybody, right? So for me, it was kind of just taking it to the next level and was getting on the radio. So I go into my interview and the guy that interviews me shit you not like he and I had went to high school together for a year and he knew exactly who I was so I send the interview and he looks at me he goes oh my god it's you and I'm like yeah it's me and he's just like he looks at his the lady that he's working with Annie and goes he's good didn't even go through the interview he's like he's good just hire him he's good he's fine this I know who this guy is so um so I got another as a promotions gig Um, Another thing about, you know, being from Seattle and and knowing the city as well as I did, I had connections to everything. So whenever the station needed, we needed our big party truck tricked out. I I know a guy had my guy do it. You know, Um, we used to throw these concerts called house parties. And this is back when moving was like an old school station. And so like we had like Coolio come into town and we needed someone to braid Coolio's hair. Don't worry about it. I got someone that can do it and go to this hotel and do it. So I was kind of that guy. I was kind of like, I was a promotions guy, but I was kind of the go-to guy when you could, they couldn't like, I don't know, 
find someone in the phone book because at the time this is like 2008 okay yeah. 2007 yeah. um when they couldn't find someone in the phone book you just call Kel because kind of like the mafia like <laughs> I knew I know a guy you know like I know a That's guy amazing. yeah he's 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 a, as they say in the mob he's a friend of ours right? <laughs> so so um so that happened and then I would say probably like my after like my first year of doing that um, it might not have even been a full year. My old program director, who who everyone knows, uh, Maynard Cohen, who is the EVP now at iHeartRadio, mm-hmm. that was my old PD. That's who. That that's who. That's who. For for everything that I know, some people may say about Maynard and about guys that are on that high of a level. Mm-hmm. You know, like Maynard saw my talent, like straight up. He straight he saw my talent. And he was like, "Yo, like, dude, you're." you're the guy like I we need to do something with this and so like he you know he broke me into the business you know and um he approached me we used to do this club night and he was the host and this is when he was pro he was pd and he was our our uh, midday guy and he asked me said hey I'm thinking about this new feature for the morning show now the morning show at the time was the ladies room with Brooke and Monty right this is pre-jubal and he's like I want to do this feature where I have three guys, a married guy, a single guy, and a gay guy give advice to women on their relationships. So I was the young single guy. We had a guy named Dan, who was the married guy. Then we had a gay guy named Rick, who was our IT guy. And it was called The Panel of Men. And it took off. It did really, really well. Um, It went from a one-week, one-day-a-week feature to two-day-a-week feature to then I became the third mic on the morning show. Issues happened between Brooke and Monty. I don't need to get into that, but Monty left the show. So then for like nine months, 10 months, I was kind of the co-host and I had no rate. I had no experience at all. Like I had no business being on a morning show, like at all, no business. So then like, you know, I, I got thrown into the shark tank, did that. And then they, you know, they said they were going to make changes to the morning show. And that's when Jubal came and we all know that story. So then it was like, well, what's going to happen with me? Well, most people would look at this as like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm, you know, this is effed up. Well, I then Maynard told me, he goes, oh, hey, look, like. I can give you overnights and give you, you know, the mix show if you want. And I was like, hell, yeah, because at the end of the day, for me, I'm a solo act. So I'm like, if this is going to be my opportunity for me to actually hone my skills, so I can become better. Perfect. I'm hell. I'll take it. Even if it's hourly, I don't care. Um, Cause that was my thing was Marie, like I wasn't going to go back to working on cars and busting tires. Yeah. And, 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 and selling weed. Okay. Like let's be real here. Let's be real here. Like I'm not doing that. Right. Like I'm not doing that. Like, so, so um, I did that for years and uh, got my, got my skills together. Um, and then uh, some more changes happened. Uh, Maynard ended up leaving. Obviously he went on the iHeart. Um, Ricky then who had already worked there with me went to, uh, North Dakota. I want to say he went to like Grand Forks, North Dakota. And that's where he went to hone his skills. He came back, he became PD. Um, and then I had got actually an offer at ESPN. And cause I was like, at this point, like grinding it out. And I was starting to do podcasts. Mm-hmm. Now, this was around like 2000. I did my first podcast in like 
towards the end of 2009, which people had no clue about podcasting then. Yeah. And I put together this podcast. It was called Jet City After Dark. It was really, really funny. It was me and this board op named Matt. And like Matt was Matt Janosik is one of the funniest people I know. And we did this podcast and it was so funny. And it actually like kind of took off for a second. The powers to be at the time. Um, and it wasn't even Maynard. Maynard didn't care. But the people above Maynard heard the podcast, sat me in HR, screamed at me, yelled at me, took the podcast, had it on CD, played it back. I was like, who do you think you are? Howard Stern? And I'm like, no, like, what are you talking about? Because mm-hmm. it was a little edgy, but it wasn't nothing like too far off the rails. Yeah. Um, and they pretty much told me I couldn't do it. They cut me off at the knees. <laughs> and so um, I said, okay. So they put me, they put me on the shelf with that. I... I could have been mad. I could have been upset. I wasn't upset. I was like, you know what? This is all a stepping stone for me anyway, right? So uh, in the meantime, while I'm doing the radio stuff, uh, a group of friends of mine start a clothing brand called Rich Kids Brand. Um, Some people may remember this. Some people may know this. And what we did was we put clothes on everybody. I mean, we put clothes on Jay-Z. You know, we were featured in magazines. We did all this really cool stuff with rich kids. It was some of the, probably the funnest five years of my life. Like it was a whirlwind while still, you know, doing overnights and still doing uh, um, mix shows. Then another guy approached me, my buddy Rex, God bless his soul. Um, we started an e-waste company called Friendly Earth. So I had all these other little projects that I started on the side just off of having radio and being able to leverage radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was a thing of, of leveraging contacts, because like I said in the beginning of this, it's all about who you know at the end of the day. Um, so I was able to get to close to artists because I had artists coming in the studio every week. So I'd always have a care package for them. Boom. Here you go. Here you go. Here you nice. go. And it, it worked, you know, mm-hmm. they remember um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So like there, there's I mean, Jay-Z was voted best courtside look in um, was the complex complex magazine. And it was the hooligan sweater that we gave him. And I remember Amazing. being backstage at the concert at Watch the Throne and we had the boxes of stuff. And we're like, OK, we're going to go get these to Jay-Z and Kanye. Yeah. You know, That's um, incredible. It was incredible, incredible, yeah. crazy stuff. So so all, so we're, I'm going through that. And then I get this offer from ESPN to do some stuff with like the Lakers. And so I'm super excited. And this is right before I'm, I'm, right, I'm about to have my first kid. And I'm like, all right, like I'm going to go to LA. I'm going to do this thing. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the folks at ESPN and they were like, well, hey, here's the, here's the deal. We usually have people come out to Bristol for a year or so to kind of like, they call it the mothership to like learn the ESPN way. It's like, it's like a, like they say, like working at Disney. I mean, now Disney owns ESPN, but it's like, you know, you learn the Disney way, you learn, the, you know, the, the ESPN way. Mm-hmm. And my thing, and they're like, you know, you're, it's Bristol, Connecticut, but you'll be like three hours or so, four hours or so from New York. And I'm like, I ain't moving to Bristol, Connecticut. Like I'm, I'm a West Coast boy. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Right. Um, so I ended up turning, I, so I ended up leveraging it though. And I went to Ricky and said, Hey man, look, and I and, and looking back on it now, I wasn't going to take that job at ESPN. But I'm a very, very, very one thing about me, Marie. I'm an extremely, extremely calculated person. Every, every, 
everything for me is it's it's all calculated right okay uh-huh. there's always a method to my madness so yeah. i was like well i'm gonna leverage this so i because I, I didn't want to leave so i go to ricky and i said hey man look like espn is asking me to do some stuff i'm thinking about taking it i'm about to have my kid i just want to know like where do i fit in your vision here at the radio station and he was just like no you can't leave and i'm like <laughs> great and so um so he gave me nights and i became the new night jock i became the night jock i had moving um i did nights for a bit and then uh you know ricky and i it's one of my best friends that's my brother like we came up together in the business together i love him to death to this very day and uh he was like you know i need a music director and so i was like groom me for the spot like i already know the music i know the station i know the city what's up so he i became the music director um and then we were riding high. You've, you've, you, everyone's heard about the juggernaut that was moving 92.5 on top of with Brooke and Jubal in the morning mm-hmm. and Mason and Justin. Like we, 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 we were it, you know? Um, and that was, that was fun, man. Like all those guys are still like my family. I love them all to death. What year would you say was this when this was going to happen? So this happened around 2015 or so. Okay. Cause my son, yeah, my son was born in 2015. So around the time my son was born. Um, and so, you know, we did that. We were sending listeners to Vegas. We did our Vegas trip every year. That was crazy. And <laughs> then, they, then it was like, it was cool because like they built the morning show. They brought Jose in, you know, you all, you guys all know Jose Bolaños and, you know, Steve Boyd, the producer, Jeffrey, who now is on, who is just Brooke and Jeffrey in the morning at this time, you guys got to remember Jeffrey, back then was our intern like i remember when jeffrey was our intern you know oh, and he was yeah. still going to the university yeah he's going to university of washington um and so like he just you know he, he grew up in the system also um so so that happened i became music director and then covid happened last year um and cuts started happening the consolidation started happening and we let go of a bunch of really great people. I ended up then getting afternoons. Um, I was still music director, but then at this point, you know, Ricky was very hands-on with the music scheduling. Um, but at this point, I they let Ricky go, and I full-on took over the scheduling, took on a bunch of other uh, responsibilities, and it was a lot. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm one of those people, I'm like, well, I'm, I was built for this, you know? Mm-hmm. But in the back of my head, you know, I've I sat in those calls with the consultant. I've sat in the calls with our CEO and our COO and uh, um, president of programming. And so, like, they talk about the slow melting glacier that was that is radio. Nah, like it was it's like this COVID sped up what was already happening to the business by like 10 years. Because so they were right. trying, yeah, because we would sit in meetings like, all right, we're kind of trying to stretch this out for as much as we can, you know? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people got let go. We brought in new management. Um, new management came in. Um, in the beginning, it was all right. And then it kind of got a little weird. Management did some, th- the new management did some things that I just didn't agree with because I knew what the recipe was at that station for that station to win. And I mean, it's just like with any changing of management management's going to do things to put their touch on it so it's theirs right mm-hmm. um but the 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 the, t- the the things that 
this new management change at moving was like something so like something like you just didn't something that just didn't change because the person that had created this yeah like it was it was bulletproof it was bulletproof and it was proven you know but you know it is what it is hey that's what happens when you hire somebody to come in and be the pd of a top 40 station they probably haven't they haven't uh be honest with you scheduled or programmed a top 40 station in over 20 years but that's what happens when but that's what they do. They consolidate and they have these PDs try to run two, three stations at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, eh, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So what I decided to do was it was stressing me out. I didn't want to have my name attached to it because I was like, I'm not going to be the one that like, they're like, yo, Kel, <laughs> I get that. Kel, mess this up. No, 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 no. It's like this. If, it's like, if you don't want to hear my opinion on what works and what has always worked, Cool. I'll leave and you can take all the credit. Yes. <laughs> all the credit when when the train runs into the wall. Like, I, hey, yes. I, 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 I really don't care. Uh, so in the meantime, with all that, um, I had already knew uh, the changes that I needed to make and I wanted to make with my career. So about a month. So a lot of folks don't know this. A month before my contract was up. Okay. And your contract was up when? During COVID? My, my, my contract was up May of last month. Right? Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. Okay. I left a month and a half before my contract was up. Like, I didn't even stick it out to the end of my contract. And oh. this is, let me tell you why. And I'm not a quitter, but this is the reason why. I was stressed out. I was unhappy. I was doing more work for less money. We all took really bad pay cuts. We weren't getting matched in our 401k, which I just heard they're just now back matching those guys' 401k. And this is no knock on Hubbard. This is no mm-hmm. knock on him because Hubbard is a great company. Mm-hmm. Hubbard is a really good company. Um, but it's just, you know, you're working for billionaires at the end of the day. You're yes. working for billionaires. And, you know, a, 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 they're going to send you emails and say, hey, you guys got to take pay cuts because we projected that we were going to make $700 million this year, but we only made $400 million this year. So guess what? You have to take the pay cut. You see what I'm saying? So like uh, uh. someone like me and how I'm very money driven and motivated, that's not going to work out for me. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on the radio that bad. As much as I love the radio and I love the radio business and all the opportunities that it's created for me to for me to have this gigantic, beautiful house and my cars and all this, all this crazy stuff mm-hmm. just from doing night and midday radio. Like I, 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 I am not going to knock Hubbard or the radio business, but at the same time, I have to do what's best for myself and for my family. And I know I have to change with the times. That's yeah. Just- and you knew your you. You figured out what your worth, worth was. Mm-hmm. I knew what my worth was. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so, um, so before my contract was up, I went to my HR lady and I asked her, I asked her a question. And here's the thing. I'm not under any kind of like gag thing. So I can talk about whatever I want to talk okay. about. And I don't plan on getting back in the radio. So I really don't care. Yep. <laughs> so I went to my HR lady and I said, Hey, I was like, if I stay to the end of my contract, I don't get any kind of severance, right? It's just, I get paid out what I'm owed and like my vacation, just the basic stuff that any employer has. And she's like, yeah, exactly. I said, okay. I was like, what if I was to resign? She goes, it'd be the exact same thing. Great. 
I gave in my letter of resignation the next day. Covered your bases. I covered all my bases. Yeah. So with that in mind, you know, I had already had started up a new podcast uh, with Marcus Trufant, the NFL star from out here from Seattle with him and his wife. Um, had a couple other things bubbling, but I knew that I wanted to create a podcasting agency. Um, so I created Total Podcast. And with Total Podcast, we do everything. We do everything from your audio editing to your video editing. If you need us on, on site, we can shoot. And we do SEO, we do social media, we do um, development, um, we, do, we do everything. And prices fluctuate and you can buy things in packages and everything is customizable. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that and I wasn't even gone from the station three weeks and I already had paying clients. That's amazing. And I had and I was going for corporate clients. Um, mm -hmm. So now I have I have the mortgage reports. I have Nurse Alice seeing uh, two podcasts for Headset. Uh, Headset is a cannabis analytics company. They're the biggest cannabis analytics company in the world. I'm doing wow. two podcasts for them. Um, I'm doing starting another one for a universities. I believe it's universities.com. I have No Delay. No Delay are the guys that uh, they have a website that. Uh, is for flight delays. It's, a, oh. it's created by pilots. So they're starting a podcast note called No Entry. I'm working with them. Got a couple other ones in the mix. So like, I got a lot going on and I'm really, really busy. But here's the thing about it, Marie, is that I am now making so much goddamn money from doing this. Seriously. I love and, it. And it's taking the skills that I learned working at this radio station for 14, almost 15 years and repackaging those skills and then selling them to people. It's, it's exactly so, what people should be doing. I love that right. model. Right. So it's one of those things where you have to ask yourself, and this is to all my, to my radio people is why continue to have these bazillionaires, which is nothing wrong with them, but them keep standing on your shoulders and then, the way you get rewarded is, well, here, we'll, we'll give you another market that you can, you can voice track in. And, yes. you know, we'll, and if you, and if you hit your, your, uh, 18, 40, 42 or whatever, uh, demographics, we'll give you a little bonus. We'll, can, we'll pacify you. Like what's what, why, why do yes. that where you can just put in the work yourself because a little hustle will get you far. I'm living proof of that. A yeah. little hustle will get you far. Okay. Um, and have all your own money, create your brand, do your brand how you want to do it. The problem is with radio is that people, they, I don't want to say they teach us or brainwash us, brainwash us with this. But the thing with folks in radio is that they believe all they can do is just radio. Yes. Like that's all they think they can do. And, and that's the furthest thing from the truth because I worked at a media, it's a media company. Mm -hmm. I started in promotions, right? So I understood how to, who is the, who's your audience? How do you talk to that audience? Right. I got into programming then. It, and then I got into programming slash management and like of, of really learning like, okay, how does the media machine work? And I had a mentor um, who I used to work with this guy named Kaz, Chris Nascimento. Uh -huh. He did nights at moving way back in the day. And it was something that he told me that I never forgot. And he said, Kel, as long as you're here, remember, you have access to everyone and everything here. Take advantage of 
every brain that's in this building because it's going to benefit you one day. And I told him, I said, say no more, you know? And so I've been able to now build this company and this company is doing well, it's doing really good. And I haven't been, yeah, I've maybe been out of the job at the station now for maybe two months, you know? So (laughs) it's just, it's just, I'm, I'm a get it how you live it kind of guy. Like straight up, get it how you live it. There ain't no one else to blame but yourself. If you got a little hustle. And so, and, and then there's some people too, like, you know, they love being on the radio. Like there, mm-hmm. there hasn't been, and that's fine. And you know, there's people that are very, very passionate about the radio business, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that's dope. But at the same time, like someone like myself, I always looked at radio as a stepping stone. For me, the radio was never going to be the end all be all for me um, because I just, always want more Mm -hmm. um and there's some folks that like with you know radio and this is no knock on anyone but for some folks for radio like radio has been the thing that has felt like that that's made them acceptable to people or has made them feel wanted or included into something which i mean at the same time like that's fine but for someone like me like i said like I, i remember the very first time people heard me on the radio and i got text messages they're like why am I hearing you on the radio? Why does this not surprise me? <laughs> of course, of course, you figured out some way to get on the radio. And, and, and it's like, I didn't win no contests. I didn't go to radio school. I didn't know. I, I, was, I was at work and my boss saw how I moved. And he was like, you're cool. <laughs> Put you on the radio. I'm like, all right, whatever. We, all right, we can try it. So that's that's the thing. And I, I've always been happy. The fact that I was able to get my start in my hometown and I got the end in my hometown. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yep. So like, Oh, well, I got to I got to go get build my resume up. I have to be the PD, the the, uh, the afternoon guy, the janitor and the <laughs> IT guy all at once. Like I never had to deal with any of that. And so yeah. I've even met people say like, well, like you got hella lucky. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I got in where I fit in, you know, and then. You know, yeah, for a while, I'm not going to front. I played the game. Of sure. Course. You, got, you, you have gotta to. Play the game. Yeah. Got to play the game. It's chess, not checkers. You know, mm-hmm. so it's yeah. I became good friends with the uh, HR lady. Yeah, I became really good friends with the controller, the guy that handles all the money. Of course, I got really good with all of my market managers. Of course, I got good with all of my OMs. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day. I'm not brown nosing or kissing ass. I'm just proving to them that I'm serious about this mm-hmm. because what you got to understand is as a black man, mm-hmm. especially in Seattle, yeah, I am probably, I can't think of anyone else, but I am the first black music director on a major station in Seattle. And wow. people don't talk about that. There's a, there's a, a lot of people who don't know that. Like I was the only black guy on air at moving. I was uh-huh. the only black guy on air at that entire cluster that ever came through that cluster besides the guy this dude named cedric who i want to say was on air at the jazz station at smooth (laughs) jazz back in the day (laughs) so like you know what i'm saying so like you gotta like so it's one of those things where i'm like i'm in a position where like i know there's people here that want to see me fail Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna give them i'm not gonna give them that you know i'm not gonna give them give them that at all you know so i had to play the game 
I had to work 10 times harder. I had to work three times harder. I even at times had to work harder and make less money than the other people that were around me that were doing half the work I was doing. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It, right. Yep. <laughs> it paid off. It worked out. You exactly. know what I'm saying? It, it worked out. So uh, just for the, just, you know, for my radio people out there, it's like, don't be scared to step out. Like yes. the people that have been running these big companies are, it's been the same, like five people that have been running these companies for the last 30 years. Okay. But do you think these old people know what 19, 18 year old girls like? No. <laughs> That's why they hired you and they turned to you, right? Because you do the dirty work, right? Then sit here and give you these numbers. Well, this is, these are your numbers. This is this. It's like, all right, whatever. PPM, great, right? I'm in a P, I was in a PPM market. So like, I remember going from diary to PPM and Nielsen coming and doing their presentation. And I'm like, and I remember I was one of the first, I was raising my hand. I'm like, this doesn't seem accurate. Say you know? right, right. <laughs> God. So, so this one meter, determines if i keep my job or not exactly it's such bullshit right but they're the only game in town so what do you do right um so yeah so it was just one of those things where like i just i've always bet on myself maria i always put my uh, i've always you know wanted and wanted to be and have been in control of my destiny and i just want other folks in radio to know that that like look like you can step out you can do your own thing you can repackage your skills. And we live in an age now where everything is about data and about the digital mm-hmm. realm. And if you understand how to master that and learn the right things, you can, you, yeah. you're already making this other brand millions of dollars a year. Yeah. Why can't you do it for yourself? Well, the other thing too, is you understand Marie, is that, you know, a lot of folks it's well, there isn't any money in podcasting or in social influence. Like it's, it's peanuts. It's this, it's, it's just not. The thing is that you haven't found your lane yet and you haven't found, you haven't found the correct lane. I found the correct lane and trust me, I ain't making peanuts over here. It's been worked out over here. I was, gonna say, if, was there, was there a passion for podcasting specifically or did you see the business side of it as you're kind of going along and like, all right, I'm going to go down that path because I can see both, it. Both. Both. Okay. Mm-hmm. So after I did my first podcast, I was like, hold on, I can talk about whatever I want and people like enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I saw the changes being made and I saw how the business was changing and how uh, just the amount, like I said, I was always around data and getting data all the time. Mm-hmm. The mediums in radio listening, how people are getting their their information now and, and are getting their music. It, you know, like terrestrial radio, like, come on. like. Uh-huh. We can all predict now what's going to happen. It's all going to get consolidated into a couple big morning shows are going to stay. They're going to be on every market. Okay. And then you're going to have an afternoon guy here an after uh, midday girl there, which honestly they're, they're in a place now where middays is on a chopping block. There's some markets don't even have jocks in the midday. So I don't even think middays is even worth having, a, having a live jock. Right. So you know, you have that, you have, you know, a couple people and they're all getting piped in. I mean, there's people I follow on social media who are so talented, who are so good at what they do. They're so talented. And I'll go and I'll look on their Instagram and it'll show that all these stations that they're tracking for, and some of them will be like five, six stations. 
And I'm like, and I know you're not getting paid an extra dollar. You're not getting an extra dollar at all mm-hmm. for any for any of those. And that just hurts me and it bothers me because it's almost it's I don't want to sit here and call it slavery, but it's like I mean, but kinda. <laughs> I, I've I just think that, you know, folks, especially now living in a time of COVID, um, need to take uh their future and and put it into their own hands and determine their own destiny um i hate seeing people and i'm not even going to drop names but i hate seeing people that i know that are in top 14 markets doing morning shows and doing afternoon shows and they live in studio small studio apartments or they got roommates and stuff like that and stuff like i'm just kind of like wait a minute what like you're on air where and you're making and you're living like you you're living like that. Yeah, right. Like, like come on, like that's not even like that's yeah. just because you want to be on the you want to be on the radio that bad. Uh-huh. Like you want to be on the radio that bad? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, not, no. <laughs> not that it's, it's just like I said for me it's just not me personally it's just not that serious. Yep. Like it's just it's just not that serious, you know. For me it was just I wanted more for myself, you know, and like I said, you know, a bit earlier, you know, folks say, well, there's not money in podcasting. There's not this, this, and that. Look, man, every big major company wants to have a digital imprint. Yep. How do you fit into that? Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. The other thing too, Marie, um, before we wrap up is I think people need to take some time to really think about COVID and how much of COVID has affected everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, in a good way and in obviously a bad way. Um, bad way, you know, people dying, people getting sick, things getting locked down, all that shit, right? But then in the positive way, it's COVID has created a whole new social class of people, right? Where I can work remotely, move and live wherever I want, make the money I'm making and wherever it is I'm living, that city, state, country's economy is not going to affect me. Yes. And so like that is the new, that's the future. That's where the world is gone. Mm -hmm. And so some of y'all should really sit back and think for yourself Mm -hmm. now. Think it's like you spent all this time locked down in your house just to you know now you're you know things are opening back up and now you're going back to work right Mm -hmm. just to go back and sit in an office in a cave of a studio in a submarine of a studio and make somebody else rich again that is someone that already took a bunch of shit away from you took pay cuts took money from you and gave you more responsibility you all know you're worth more than that You all know you're worth more than that. And I know it's scary. And I just want radio folks to just understand that, like, you have talent. You have all of you are talented. You all have value. And let that value work for you now. Let that value um, put you in positions and put you in places that you never thought you'd be in your wildest dreams. I'm about to move to Costa Rica. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. All because I bet on myself. Yes. That's all you have to do. And, and put in the work and you're smart. You know, I know you said earlier that people say, oh, you're lucky. But no, you, it's very obvious. You know, I put, you in, put, in, I the put work, in the work. You're smart. I, like, yeah. I, 
listen, I like nowadays how radio is like people don't have to go through half the shit that I went through. It's just about being resilient. When you grow up in the inner city, we grew up in the hood. People mm-hmm. don't think there's a hood in Seattle. Trust me, there used to be a hood in Seattle. Oh, yeah. And when I lived on Othello Street, like it was all about resilience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you were resilient, you made it and you figured it out, you know? Um, so, you know. That's why I'm, I'm glad yeah. it's, it's nice to see that, you know, you're making things happen, that you're happy and going the, you know, like starting this new chapter after radio and being able to do it and, and basically being rewarded for that hard work, you know, cause when I see people that yeah. are doing those things, going from work and, and not getting sleep because they're busting their ass for this radio thing, you know, for themselves, it's nice to see the actual people that are rewarded for it and make something right. of that. So, and it's just, yeah. And it's just, it sucks. And it's, it's really sucks too, for like the kids that go to like radio school. I'm, I, I haven't met radio kids and I told them, I'm like, I'm the guy in radio that you don't like <laughs> because I didn't go to radio school. Yeah. Right. So it makes it seem like I didn't pay my dues or I didn't do this or whatever. Or have to nah. be the intern. You got a paying job yeah. right away. <laughs> no. Nah. Right. At the end of the day, it's a lesson in life about it's not what you know it's who you know mm-hmm. right and who i knew i didn't even go through a job interview and i got into this place and got 14 years out of it that's incredible you know what i'm saying <laughs> right <laughs> and so like when it comes to the big leagues if you're not built for it and you can't come with it yep that's what it is exactly. so uh so don't waste your money your parents money going to radio school <laughs> <laughs> I always say just go get a receptionist job you get your foot in the door say you'll do Stop. promotions and you're that's, good say yes to everything else you're golden that that's really it like get your you know? get your foot get your foot in the door and, and let people know yo look I'm worth it I'm worth being here you know and just prove and show your show and prove and show your hard work and the, I, I say this all the time and I'm gonna leave you with this Marie I love it in okay. the words of a very very smart wise man God bless his soul by the name of the rapper Mac Dre Get in where you fit in if you don't fit squeeze. I love that. That's great. I love it. The radio, like I said, the radio business was able to put me in a position so I was able to build a life for myself and build a life for my family and build a pretty fucking good life. Yeah. And um, I just feel like it's my duty and my job to give back to that. So if people just ever have questions on like, even just shit like, um, how do I deal with my contract should i resign this contract what does this contract say hit me up like because I, I know all that stuff um and it's it's crazy because like i said i only did afternoons for not that long mm-hmm. but i was always a, i've been a guy in the background for a really 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 long time you learn so, a lot there right so for me not to be you know pushed out and not on the, the, the lights and, you know, all, you know, Kel, 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 nah, like I've been a guy in the background and I've always been a guy that I like to know how things work. So, you know, I learned a lot of knowledge in that 14 years. So if people just want to just kind of want to just understand shit better, because I'll tell you this right now, like your PDs aren't going to tell you everything. Your PDs aren't going to break down um, your ratings to you the proper way. They'll just tell you, how you did in the demographic that you might bonus for because that's the, you know, the 1844, cause that's the, the money demo, but like, they're not going to break certain things down to you. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to tell you what your worth is when it comes time to negotiating a contract. They're just going to put a number in front of you mm-hmm. and you're going to go with it. Right. Or you don't want to say no, because 
they know that people are desperate for jobs. So somebody yeah. else will try to come and take that in. So like I said, if people just want to just reach out to me, just want to pick my brain, like. And what's always, the best way to contact you? Um, you can you can contact me info at total podcast. That's podcast with an S dot com. Um, or, you know, you can check out my website, uh, totalpodcast.com. If you need any like podcasting services, like if you own a company or if you just have personal stuff. And like I said, or if you just want to just pick my brain, like I'm, I'm, I'm here to help out my fellow uh, radio brothers and sisters. I just want people to be successful. And I just want to, I want to rub the success off to other people, man. That's, that's really it. So um, same here. I love yeah, it. I'm a producer at heart, man. So. <laughs>